Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Is it acceptable to go to Mickey D's just for a drink? <laughs> of course it is. But good luck leaving with just a drink. It's more than a drink. It's a Mickey D's drink. And right now, a small Minute Maid slushie is just $1.59. So all you have to do is choose a flavor, like the tropical mango or strawberry watermelon, and enjoy like it's meant to be enjoyed. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. What's going on, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Corner to Corner Wrestling Radio. We're live right from Spreaker.com slash Corner to Corner, C2CRadioShow.com, Apple, iTunes, uh, Amazon, Spotify, Pandora. Man, we got a lot of places playing our tunes, playing the hits, Brian. They're playing the hits. Yeah, I, w- I would like to take this opportunity to extend their thanks for making us one of the top thousand podcasts, sports podcasts, right? Is that what you That's said? That's right. Yeah. We had so, a solid increase, man. I'm loving it. Yep. <clears throat> yep, yep. So keep it up. Let's go for 500. Got to say... Um, the move to Mondays has been really positive for us. We've seen just a lot of positive traffic and positivity just all around, all across the board. Um, our episode with the creator of WrestleDeck has been huge. Um, seen a lot of positive traffic for that. We're still working with him on getting some videos. He said he uh, he sent me a message the other night. Other night, said he's going to send one over to us as soon as he can. Uh, he's nice. waiting for some gameplay, so we'll be posting that on the website soon. Nice. I mean, really, though, I think Monday nights works because the only real competition is Raw, and, you know, <laughs> that's not much competition. I mean, if they keep doing the Monday night rematch gig, I don't think we got to worry about anything. Especially after, I mean, not that there was a bad match, because it wasn't. Jeff Hardy and Damian Priest had another decent match tonight. I'm not upset by it, but Jeff Hardy was drafted to SmackDown this past Friday. And now Austin Theory is is on Monday Night Raw, interrupting Jeff Hardy, which makes no sense because Austin Theory hasn't done diddly squat on any, any program, including NXT, which you know he had a decent little sidekick role with the way. But anyway, <clears throat> it's it's confusing to follow this draft, Brian. I mean, Friday night we got right away we we got told. Everything, all bets were off because Charlotte Flair is immediately moved to SmackDown. And before we could finish scratching our heads saying, what, what, what happened? The Usos, the SmackDown Tag Team Champions, were drafted to Raw. But Brian, that's not all. No, no, because in their infinite wisdom, of course, you know, 
Roman Reigns has a segment with Paul Heyman towards the end of SmackDown saying, hey, you know, it'd be really cool if uh, we could get the Usos drafted back to SmackDown because if you don't, you're going to get fired, basically, is what Roman says, <laughs> which which actually was entertaining, but, the, you know, kind of because it makes Heyman sweat it out a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, Austin mm-hmm. Theory just dropped Jeff Hardy. Okay, we'll see what happens next. Anyway... <laughs> Tonight, before the show really gets underway, the Usos are drafted back to SmackDown. Why did Booking you even bother? Why did you even draft them to Raw in the first place? Now, the only catch is, and this would not surprise me if they pulled this, is that in between now and the time that the draft results take place, which is October 22nd, if in that 18 days the Usos have to wrestle on Raw and therefore cannot be there for Roman. If that happens, I'm okay because this could be a funny part of the storyline. Otherwise, it's all for naught. Yeah, but uh, so if they're drafted back, they wouldn't have to wrestle for Raw. Well, that's what the modern-day layperson would say, Brian. Mm-hmm. But. True WWE fans know that all bets are off because WWE is psychotic. Okay. <laughs> I didn't say it made sense. I just said that's what happened. That's true. <clears throat> uh, yeah. I, I mean, again, though, but that, that just goes to show you the lack of thought that their booking committee, Vince McMahon and anybody else involved, puts into these shows for the fans. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, just look at today's. Already you've had two picks to stay on the same show. Right, Lashley and Sasha Banks. Right. Like, what the hell? Well, yeah, what the- <laughs> I mean, great. Bobby Lashley stays on Raw. I still don't. I still don't find him entertaining. That's just my personal opinion. I'm not doubting his star power. I'm not doubting his ability. He's just not my cup of tea. But he's staying on the same show. Who cares? Yeah. Sasha Banks yeah. staying on SmackDown. Woo! No, I don't care. <laughs> it doesn't yeah. matter. I mean, the the draft is supposed to be, like, to change things up. So pretty much always been that way. Yeah. <laughs> not this year. There used to be an air of, like, kind of like the Royal Rumble. What's going to happen? Unpredictability. What are we going to do? But now it's, well, they're going to make us uh, break up a tag team. They're going to make us, uh, oh, they're going to turn somebody bad. And uh, they're going to be a bunch of picks that don't make any sense and don't matter anyway. Here's your draft, everybody. End of show. Good show, Brian. Let's go. We're done. <laughs> now, are the 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 world champions, are they subject to draft also? Um, so, initially, it was said, no, it, they're not eligible. Mm-hmm. But, in that same conversation, they, they ended up trying to word this properly. Um... God damn it. I had a train. I hate that. It happened to you last week, happened to me this week. I had a train of thought. I was answering your question. Say the question one more time, Brian. 
are the world heavyweight champions uh, yes. able to be drafted? So initially they said no, that the no. universal title and the world title weren't moving. And then with the first pick of the draft for Friday Night SmackDown, Roman Reigns was drafted to stay on SmackDown. Mm, who's got the last pick? Uh, so they ended the night with both brands having a pick. So I guess SmackDown gets the very last pick. If they continue to do Raw, then SmackDown, Raw, then SmackDown. Is that? But is that the? Is that what they did on Friday, or did they go SmackDown Raw? Uh, no. On Friday they did Raw, then SmackDown. Ah, hmm. uh, see. Yeah, it didn't make a whole lot of sense to me either. Well, I, I mean. If I was raw and I got the last pick, I think I'd take Roman just so SmackDown couldn't get him back and then work out some deal for him later. Because they do do that, right? Remember? Normally they do, you know, we'll trade you one of these for two of those. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, that would have that would have been uh, a little bit of uh, shenanigans that I could have gotten behind. But drafting the same, you know, somebody to the same show is quite stupid. Because again, there's another one in Roman, right? Mm-hmm. The world champions are the the universal and the world champion are not allowed to be traded. Boom. Right. So that takes care of that pick. You you can pick somebody else. I know they brought up NXT talent. You could have wasted it on that. Well, they brought up they brought up the uh, NXT stable um, hit row, mm-hmm. which part of me feels like that's not a bad move. I mean, hit row is entertaining. I, I like them on NXT. <laughs> Watch this 1.0. I thought they were pretty good on 1.0. They didn't really have a whole lot of time in 2.0, but in 1.0 they were pretty good. Um, so they've got possibilities. I don't know. I guess we really won't know, but I don't know if they're ready for prime time yet. But I guess we'll see. I mean, sooner or later, I think you've said it before, you have to find out what your investment is. You have to find out what you really have. Right. It's a shame, though, they got rid of all those people, though. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you'd think, hey, you know, we got we to gotta do another draft. Oh, wait, no. <laughs> we don't have anybody. This is really embarrassing. <laughs> And all those uh, Matt Cardona fans right now are really, they're really upset. Former GCW heavyweight champion. Well, I mean, it's not that they don't have people. It's that they don't have the caliber that they had, I guess. Exactly. No, that that's exactly the point. I mean, they really don't. You know, you would hope that in their infinite wisdom, because, you know, they have infinite wisdom, um, that someone would... Uh, would liken them up there, smarten them up and be like, uh, you don't, you don't have, you, you want to do this draft, but you don't have the people. <laughs> Maybe it's somebody else's turn. You know, I, I don't know. Somebody in creative, somebody in the corporate office says, Hey Vince, um, remember that time you said you want to do the draft? We have 20 people. Draft camp. <laughs> and then just walk out. Just leave the office. <laughs> Enjoy your draft. <laughs> because, I mean, it, I get it. He doesn't want to be a wrestling company. Okay, fine. But 
you've basically spit in the face and slapped the face of every wrestler in the world when you say that. Never mind the fact that you, you said that, you know, we're sports entertainment and people feel how they feel about that. But then you go so far as to, in today, like 2021, say, we're not going to hire indie wrestlers. <clears throat> this is one of those uh, moments where if your kids are listening, you could plug their ears. Where the fuck do you think you're going to get people? Not all NFL players. People. Not all NFL players want to retire and go to the WWE. Yeah, but so listen. Don't you know that the WWE has been the greatest factory in the last twenty years of creating talent? Um, you, don't you know that the greatest? The greatest on earth, right? I mean, that's what the bobbleheads are going to tell you, right? That they have made plenty. Of talent. Now I get to be Brian for a second. All right, Brian, name one. Who they bring? Who they? Who did they create? Listen, 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 Linda. I didn't say I could name this. Did you just say I'm listen, just, Linda? Yes. I'm <laughs> just simply asshole. stating, as a bobblehead, they have created top tier talent. <clears throat> and if you give me a little bit, I'll think of one. I really will. Do do it. If by the end of this show you've thought of one, I'll, I'll give you nothing because I don't think you can. <laughs> oh, I will. I, I will come up with one. Spike Dudley doesn't count. No, Spike was made in ECW. He doesn't count. Oh, oh okay, okay. Uh, William Regal doesn't count. No, yeah, no, WCW. Yeah. Nope. Damn it. Well, even before then, overseas. Booker T doesn't count. Uh, no, 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 not him. Yeah, definitely not him. Goldberg doesn't count. Mm-mm, that, that would be a homegrown WCW talent. Okay. Uh, uh, shit. You're making this difficult. Uh, Tyler Black. I mean, Seth Rollins doesn't count. That I killed my own. Uh, Damn it. Yeah, he doesn't count. What about Roman? Leaki. Yeah. Uh, where was he before? Nowhere. Uh, Roman was playing college football and I believe was going to play for the 49ers. But... The Rock. There you go. <clears throat> You owe me 50 bucks. Uh, nope, that's 96. Ha ha, you said 20 years. Uh, Suck 20 it. Years, I did say all 20 right. years. Yeah, DX uh, all up in here. Yeah. But he, but, yeah, 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 I guess. Thank God, Seamus on Fridays. Thank God, another reason to not watch Friday. Good Lord. Sorry. All right, so again, what about what about Roman? Does Roman count? Roman counts. I would say Roman could count. Roman could count. What? And I didn't bet anything, so nice try. There you go. Roman. Okay, who else? I, I just said we, we just agreed <laughs> I just one. said one. Whoa, hold one. the phone. I got you. I got you. So you got Roman. All right. All right. I'll give you Roman. Roman's a good pick. And, and then, I mean, he's done well. Yeah, if that's the case, no wonder Vince is trying to ram him down people's throats. Wow, Dana Brooke is back on Raw. Guess who she's facing, though? Shane uh, Baszler? Mandy Rose. <laughs> no, no, Mandy is part of Toxic Attraction, the hottest female faction in WWE. Uh, would they be the only female faction? Right shh, now? shh, shh! Don't go, don't go any further. No, no, no! <laughs> Stop it! <laughs> Stop! I'm, I'm just curious. Uh, so uh, crazy. Yeah! Wow! What an interesting draft. I mean, there, the past few weeks, and we have gotten a couple things. WWE's gotten a couple things right. Like what? So Shayna Baszler is back on her own. And is basically kicking everybody's ass. 
that's cool. Because having her tag along with Nia Jax and just waiting in the wings for absolutely nothing was a horrible move. So I was glad to see that. But that that's not involved with the draft, so I guess that doesn't count. <laughs> doesn't count. Doesn't count. Well, no, I guess because you said a couple weeks, so we'll let you qualify your answer. There. I feel that Big E winning the title was good. I think that's a good well, move. What? You're breaking up. No, I'm not. You're breaking Hello? up. Hello? No, you're breaking up. Oh, crap. Skype doing wonders for us again. <laughs> no, you're breaking up. No, oh, you. There it is. That would be the reason. There he is. Rob's here. Our third member of the Triple Threat has finally arrived. Rob, how are you doing, buddy? I'm all right. Good deal. Are you trying to say because I'm on now, everything's going to go to hell? No, Skype goes to hell whether we like it or not. So that's not your fault. Rob. <laughs> that's not your fault. Uh oh. Is Shayna going to injure Dana Brooke? Is she going to make it a clean sweep three weeks in a row? Um, does this mean Nia is going to turn face and make the save? She's I mean, got that more is heel like face the only, in the big show. Yeah, that is uh, like the only way you can <laughs> pull this off, right? I mean, I like is she, this. Is she going to? Go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. No, go ahead. I, I like this new Shayna. It's exciting. I was thinking, are we going to have the whole another like, Nias coming out to save somebody from the bully where she just turns to be the bully herself. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's Dewdrop. <laughs> the mighty Dewdrop. Makes the save. Yes. Now, come on now. Who in creative? Like, Did, did you say poo in creative? Well, he well yes. <laughs> it is poo of creative. But, like, how many people signed off on Dewdrop? The only one that counts. The old man. And in the ring gear, I'm like, holy God. Really? All right, let's see. Hello, you're still there. Yep, I'm I was listening to you guys. And also watching the the dramatic stare down between Shayna and Dewdrop. I oh am Dewdrop's going to turn. She's going heel. That would be so funny. Baszler and Dewdrop. <laughs> Baydrop. There Dude you go. Baszler. It's the new tag team. Baszler <laughs> drop. <laughs> Hashtag <laughs> Baydrop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I could work for. Well, Dewdrop they got to use something so they can use all this fonts of Bay Bay they can't, they can't use anymore. Oh wow, that's true. If they just slightly alter it, they can make money. Bay drop. <laughs> Speaking of Bay Bay, did you see BTE today? Uh, did you need to watch the interaction between John Silver and Adam Cole when he's asking him or he's talking to him about his music, and he's he, oh. John Silver's a comedic genius. He's also one of the fastest wrestlers I've ever seen in my life. But he's a comedic genius when it comes to BTE. He still can't hold a straight face, even no matter what the scene is. But <laughs> <clears throat> so getting getting back on track, getting back on track. So I uh, we were talking, Rob, before you before you joined uh, about the before past I couple weeks. Yes, before it was so rudely interrupted. Um, the past couple weeks, what has WWE done right? Two things that I've said. <clears throat> the current direction for Shayna Baszler. 
which I think that's what they should have been doing all along. Now, sooner or later, it comes to a head, but in my opinion, this is the right way to go. Then the, the next thing is WWE Championship, you know, Big E winning the title from Lashley. I, I think that was a smart move. Um, yeah. It, it puts something new for Lashley in that feud, although I guess Lashley's in the background now because he's going to... I hate to say it because I've got to say it out loud. I guess Goldberg and Lashley are going head-to-head at Crown Jewel. Goldberg. Also, um, two people last week, by the way, talked about committing murder. Can you name them? Uh, Vince McMahon. and oh, um... <laughs> No, he covered one up. That's the difference. <laughs> no. Arn Anderson with his Glock spilling brains on the asphalt. Still the most clutch promo I've ever heard in my life. And also intimidating. <laughs> and Bill Goldberg saying, if you're lucky, I might just kill you to Bobby Lashley in a promo last Monday. Well, there. That's, that's almost a guarantee that you're not only going to suck when you come out of the gate, but you're going to get your ass whipped, in my opinion. Well, when is he not? I mean, I think the best showing he had is when he came out and he dropped uh, Brock. Yes. You know, I think that is the best outing Goldberg's had. I mean, the rest mm-hmm. of them, he's just looked like, oh, why are you here? Um, and so, I mean, that's my opinion anyway. Two things WWE's done right this week. I feel like they stayed on the air. That's one. That's a huge uh, plus. <laughs> Congratulations. You know, and they haven't fired anybody this week. Careful. <laughs> There's still time. And, <laughs> and none of their talent has shown up somewhere else. <laughs> you know, like, it's a good week for them. It's just take it. Take, take the win. <laughs> take the W. <laughs> Brian, can can you tell me two things that 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 you could think of that WWE did right this past few weeks? Why would you ask me? You know I don't follow WWE that close. That's the whole point. You're I killing me. Just say it out loud. Killing me. Killing me. <laughs> just say it out loud and do killing the bit, okay? <laughs> I do. I do the bit every week. <laughs> just do the thing. <laughs> it's it's interesting because you know I saw something on on YouTube today. And Brian, this this will especially hit home for you. <clears throat> this UK wrestling fan posts his opinion, and I guess he does this every week. He has about a thousand subscribers on YouTube, and he says in his title of his YouTube video, "AEW has failed." And in his infinite wisdom, he says that, and you'll love this, Mero. Marrow is being buried. Now, I don't know who Marrow is. Mark Marrow? Maybe. The wild man has finally arisen again. I know there's a Miro in AEW, but not a Marrow. That's Says the new that he doesn't, person coming in. He doesn't know why Sammy, that little weirdo, direct quote, would beat him for the TNT title, thus burying Marrow. 
A few sentences later, like he says, huh? I don't like Sammy, but I still. How you I mean, I would say that whether you like him or not, you have to recognize the, the one, the quality of the talent, and two, the fact that him winning was a huge moment. <laughs> Hardly burying. So, the problem with that statement. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm, I'm assuming that you pointed this out because he is primarily a WWE bobblehead, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. You'll There's more to come, okay. so we'll go in each, okay. each point. Right. Bobble, 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 bobble. So, oh, for the, the bobbleheads out there, right? For the bobbleheads. <coughs> for all you bobbleheads in the back. No. <laughs> burying somebody is when they're constantly losing, much like... Rusev in the WWE when he has more potential than you give him credit for, Mm -hmm. right? This was a world champ, right? Right? Mm -hmm. U.S. champ. Right? Mm -hmm. But then in the last, I don't know, six months, seven months of his time over there, one of the most over superstars that they had. Maybe maybe a little bit longer. And what do we do? We come up with some convoluted plot for Bobby Lashley and Lana to get married. And then along the way, we just try and destroy Rusev. And you try to make him look bad. And that's not the type of guy the guy is. I mean, that's a world champion who deserved better. That's Barry. When when Miro drops the title to somebody, that's not Barry. That's giving the next guy the opportunity. That's also freeing him up to take the next step. Well, I, I, I don't know if he's ready. I don't know if they're ready for well, that. I mean, right now, there's no place for him to go. Yeah. But. Oh, and see, I, I expect him to get it back. I would imagine there will probably be a rematch. Oh, yeah. I fully expect that not when, long he, get, term. when yeah. he has a rematch, that he's going to beat the holy hell out of out of Sammy. That's my expectation. Right. But the, but the joy of the internet, right, is you mm-hmm. give the the uneducated a voice right you know you can hear a term and you want to be smart and you want to use a term and you use the term incorrectly very much so because I'm pretty sure when they flash the standings every week I think Miro only lost one match Prior to this past week, it was like 14, 15, and 1 or something like that. Mm-hmm. You can't really bury somebody like that. It's not like Sammy went over there and, you know, broke him in half and made him look stupid. Pretty decent match. It's not burying. Maybe maybe find, uh, find another smart mark. Hey, what does burying mean? I mean, you call me up, we'll, we'll be more than happy to give you, you know, 
better definitions of what you know pro wrestling terms are. Hey, bloke, would you like to come on our show? <laughs> before I before I send in the invite, let's go over a couple other statements he makes. Now, granted, I didn't jot down every <laughs> single thing he said. <laughs> this because, is where uh, Stan goes. Hey, guys, now introduce our guest. Yeah, oh. <laughs> that'd be funny, right? Um, <laughs> oh no, he wouldn't last. I don't think he'd last. He would. He would have hung up just in this introductory part. So then he yeah. says he starts talking about guys <laughs> who've been misused in AEW. Okay. He talks right, about, you right. know, they don't ever use anybody right. All the elite, they take up all the TV time. They don't build anybody right. Like that guy, Nick Cage. That's a direct quote, Nick Cage. So I said wow. in my comment, first off, I don't know who Nick Cage is. I know who Nick Gage is, and he doesn't work there. And I know who Brian Cage is, who I'd agree his creative hasn't been great. But I digress. This is a guy that can't name the talent properly. It's simple, you know, you just do some reading. You, you look up their roster. probably haven't done that. You probably don't even look at their website. That's okay. I'll forgive that. Here's the next one. We got to put some legitimate stars in AEW. Oh, dear God. My brain started to stop reading at Mero. <laughs> I wish I would have. Legitimate stars. So, okay, normally when we talk about, like, bobbleheads and stuff... We, we, we give Brian a hard time a little bit, but we would never be so bold. And, Rob, you can stop me if I'm incorrect. We would never be so bold as to say AEW doesn't have any legitimate stars. I mean, They have most of them right now. Right. Let's, <laughs> let's run down the list, uh, shall we? Chris Jericho, Kenny Omega, the Young Bucks, MJF. Adam Cole. Adam Cole. Cody, Adam Payne. You know. Adam Page. Brian Cage. Brian Danielson. Brian Danielson. CM Punk. CM Punk. My, Ricky Mero. Starks. Tony. Ricky Starks, yes. But no talent. But no talent. Oh, sorry, we no forgot Mero. But we again, forgot this... Mero and Luke Cage. <laughs> Luke Cage. <laughs> <laughs> I should have asked him if it was Luke. Maybe he meant Luke. I, sorry, I got the cages wrong. But again, this is my problem with the bobbleheads, right? And this yeah. is clearly a bobblehead, right? This is this is this is a prime example of the bobbleheads, right? He probably doesn't watch AEW. <coughs> he wouldn't cross the street to go see an indie show unless it was the UK of NXT, right? Knows absolutely nothing about the business. But he's given a voice. He's the voice of the bobbleheads right now. You can't tell me that the guy who's been PWI number one wrestler for two years running isn't a star. He's called the best bout machine for a reason. Mm-hmm. Why? Because he's been putting on more five-star bouts, six-star bouts, seven-and-a-half stars, whatever they are, than anybody else on TV right now. He helped form a company that has grown while he's been the, the head guy, right? Oh, we couldn't fill a 10,000-seat stadium. Done it. Filled it. Took a capacity and then so. Yes, and now they're at 20,000. Where's the WWE most of the time now? 12s, 
Eh, okay. What what else does the bobblehead say? Oh, it gets better. This one I like. This oh, here is we a two-parter. Go. Go. This is a two-parter. Dear God, Dan. No, no. no <laughs> First no, he says, you know, they don't no, know. No, going to put me in hospital. They don't know what they're doing with their current stars. They don't have any legitimate stars. Like, MJF? MJF's not ready. Wait before huh? you say anything. In the next breath, he says, you had Sammy beat Marrow. He says it again, Marrow. I don't know where these guys look. It literally is an I. In his spelling of his name. Just putting it out there. But he says, then you have Sammy beat beat Miro. Or Mero. See, I'm trying to connect, correct it for him. And, and I don't get it because MJF could have did that. So in my comment to him, I said, you need to make up your mind. MJF is either not ready or you want him to be a champion. Because what you just said was that he's not ready to be a legitimate star, but he should have beaten Miro. Mero. For the TNT title. Pick one. This this is the absurdity that is, and I didn't used to like this phrase, but I'm going to use it. The WWE apologist. Not a fan, because a WWE fan makes sense to me. Like, our, our friend Sonny Chase makes sense to me. He has his opinions. We agree, we disagree sometimes, but it makes sense. But an apologist is just like, ah, they, they, they just don't know what they're doing. WWE's great. That's not an apologist, though. That's a straight bobblehead. Just, just call them what they are. The bobblehead. Spade to spade. The bobblehead. And it, I, I saw this, and I thought to myself, man, this guy sat in front of a camera. He wrote down, He had a plan to, like, give this <clears throat> wisdom. To his, his audience, his 1,000-plus viewers. And I give him credit. He's, he's got some views on there. But it, it just floored me. How does somebody... Where does that come from? I mean, I, I don't get it. it. It's not hard to see that, hey, people like and hate what they want. And that's cool. You're going to have your own opinion. But why would you just come off so glaringly uh, ignorant <laughs> to just say... Reason. Some of this stuff. Go ahead, Rob. For one reason. Because you have spent 20 minutes talking about it. That's a fair point. You know, like, I mean, I think part of it's that, but I also think it's that somebody behind a keyboard who wants to be famous, who wants to be popular, who wants to try to get on the in crowd by talking about the rest of by going anti what the current trend is. Mm-hmm. But the problem with that is, I mean, that's fine if that's what they want to do, but at least have some substance and some thing to back up your argument. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's no substance to anything that they said. I mean, starting at Marrow, I mean... You know, like, if you're not going to even do the homework to spell the names correctly, you know, like, you're just trying to get clicks. Yeah, but, but he, and he's getting clicks from people that, again, would not cross the street to go see an indie show. Oh. All they know is sports entertainment. That's it. And their world is dwindling as we speak. I mean, all they know is the best of Coliseum video. So. No, they're, they're too young for even that. I don't think they have an appreciation for Coliseum video. 
<laughs> yeah, they're too, like, they probably watch, wouldn't even know what that is. We could watch WrestleMania 6 and go all day long about how cool some of the different parts were. Seriously. I mean, because we recognize just some of the history and the historical pieces of it, it has merit. But, like, if we pull up Raw from three weeks ago, I'm sure it would be a completely different kind of conversation. Now, I mean, we're talking about some hugely, vastly different eras. And, and I respect that. I can appreciate that. But what really stood out to me, I mean, yeah, the, the comments that I pulled out <clears throat> from this guy's uh, diatribe was, you know, conversation worthy. But at the same time, it really identifies such a, a shift in where fans were to where fans are. Like some fans. Not all, but some. It's it's alarming. It's really no, alarming. No, I, I don't with, think it's... I don't think it's a shift. These people have been here, mm-hmm. right? They've been here. They've always been here. They don't know any different, right? This is what they grew up on. This is all they've had, mm-hmm. right? When did WCW fold? Uh, 2001. So we're talking 20 years. <laughs> you, you, you see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. These are diehard loyalists guys that you're not going to be able to pry them away because they don't know any better again they won't cross the street they won't go to the fair they won't go to the you know to the bingo halls they don't all they know is sports entertainment i mean i don't think it's a a a great shift or migration Mm -hmm. i just think they're a dying breed because now um, you do have alternatives. And for those like us that, you know, maybe some of us used to be diehards and mm-hmm. now we're back to pro wrestling, which is what we all fell in love with. Mm-hmm. You know, the WWE is not quite as glamorous anymore. <laughs> but for they've... some people, they just don't know better. Well, and it's it's a fair statement to say that they've they've lost... <clears throat> they've lost that love and feeling. No, I'm not trying to do that copyright infringement. But they definitely have lost their lost sight of <laughs> they've lost sight of what the fans really think. And and they used to try to make fun of it. Remember when Triple H would come out there or Vince would come out there, we're gonna shake things up again or we're gonna listen we're really gonna listen to you guys now. You guys were right. No more authority figures. Yay. So no introduce our new general manager. Yeah. No more rematches, damn it, because those suck. Welcome to Monday Night Rematch. Um, I mean, there's... They used to make fun or of Or the themselves. fact we're going into Monday Night and still Becky Lynch has no home? Well, no, no, no. Uh, she, she's officially going to Raw, sir. Yeah. Raw. Yeah. So the SmackDown Women's Champion's coming to Raw. The Raw Women's Champion is going to SmackDown. The, the, the SmackDown Tag Champions, they're going back and forth. At at this point, you might as well just set him down to NXT. Because I'm confused. Like, I... What in the hell is going on? Have we all gone mad? (laughs) (laughs) I I imagine... You you know those memes that we see from time to time where there's people sitting in a boardroom and guy's like, we need a good idea! And somebody says the idea and then the next frame is them being thrown out the window. That's what I'm imagining. Like somebody comes to Vince with a good idea, they're like, "Vince, here's what I've got in mind. We're gonna we're gonna contact Tony Khan." 
thrown out the window. <laughs> like, like good ideas, solid ideas. Now, granted, Tony Khan's a far-fetched idea because I just can't see Vince reaching out. But these things that could be done and make money for everyone, there's just such an impossibility of, of just common sense. It just doesn't make any sense. And, and now granted, AEW is not perfect, but I'll tell you this. Their strengths far outweigh their weaknesses. For example, Miro lost the TNT title to Sammy, but before losing it to Sammy, I mean, was wouldn't we all agree that he was dominant in his run? I mean, Brian, you said he had one loss, and even that I think was credited to him in a tag match. Yeah, I, I mean, that's it. Right? He was like fourteen, fifteen to one. Yeah, somewhere there. Maybe, maybe higher. I, I, you know, could be higher. Maybe. Sheeta carried the women's division quite well, might I add, um, for over a year during a pandemic. The ratings during a pandemic for AEW were growing, not falling. Versus WWE's falling, not growing. Um, and that's because of a lot of different things. But the thing that really stuck out was consistent programming. So yeah, okay. We didn't have Christian Cage, CM Punk, and Daniel, Brian Danielson, excuse me, on AEW at that time. But had we had them, wouldn't the wouldn't the pendulum been shifting that direction a lot further? You mean to tell me that if CM Punk hadn't shown up on All Elite Wrestling during the pandemic, that that would have been an even bigger moment? Granted, his comeback, his comeback is huge, but... And it's just an example, but it would have just swung that pendulum even further towards the AEW side. You know? Yeah, but some things are best if kept in front of a live crowd. Sure. Right? Look at what you miss on a CM Punk if that's not done in front of a live crowd. Remember that entrance? Mm-hmm. Remember those goosebumps? Oh, yeah. You think you get those with nine or live crowd going ape? Crazy. Probably not. It's not going to feel the same. Well, I also true. think you can argue that with Mira, you know? The way he reacts and the crowd reacts to Miro, you know? Mm-hmm. You know, like, yeah, he would have the same character or whatever without a crowd, but you don't have him playing off the crowd as much and bringing that in, so... It's it's interesting when I look at at things like that because he's the the video was not the only time I've ever seen this kind of silliness. Unfortunately, it's not hard to find. You, you look up on Facebook or Twitter, and they they say the similar comments. But to really identify what's been going on with oh wow, they're showing old uh, tag footage between Dolph and uh, Ziggler. <clears throat> I mean, Dolphin Ziggler, Dolphin McIntyre. Yeah, well, he's tagged with everybody else. He might as well tag with himself. I mean, right? He's, he's a tag team specialist. It's it's annoying sometimes when somebody would would spout off like what Cornette thinks, because I just I don't get it. You're just gonna keep going to that same well. But at least when you go to Cornette, you can look at somebody and say, well. 
that's 20, 30, 40 years experience in the industry that has an understanding that I would never have. And I got to say at the end of the day, okay, yeah, it's his opinion. He thinks this. All right. He's got something to base it on. But just to say, like, MJF isn't ready. Well, MJF was ready in MLW before AEW was a concept. MJF was ready two, three years ago. WWE would have picked him up had it not been for Tony Khan. Now, they I probably mean, would have MJ- deleted the hell out of him. Right. I mean, MJF is MJF regardless of where he's at. Right. He was already MJF when he came here. You know? And that's the thing. You look at the ones in AEW. They, Most of them are the same characters they've been. Mm-hmm. They've just either, like, like they always say, they've amped it up. Or they've been given the creative freedom to kind of just take it to that next level. Mm-hmm. You know? Like Miro. Miro is being Rusev. But he's being Rusev that we had at the beginning that didn't talk. Right. You know? And instead of having Lana be his talk and have some, you know, accents of whatever, like, he just says what he wants. He doesn't care. And it helps him that his wife plays it back, you know? Well, plus it hasn't even been seven days since Miro lost the title. Can you really be buried after losing once? I don't even know why you bring up the word bury again because it's not used properly. Yeah, it's just it's not the proper definition. You're right. Yeah, You're right. That's that's not buried. I mean, let's let it. Miro was not buried. Miro was buried. <laughs> Hopefully, he stays buried because Mark Miro was. I mean, he had his moments, but he could. And, and let's let's not forget, unlike the WWE, who have world champion mid-card tag team and a women's title and a champion show well yeah but i'm talking about like each show each show has four titles Ah, i got you okay right but across two shows three shows if you include nxt Mm -hmm. uh although i'm not quite sure nxt's belt count so they have roughly 12 titles that people can vie for AEW has four right now. Not everybody can be a champion. Kind of like Miro doesn't need to be a champion to be Miro. That's the difference in Miro and other guys. He doesn't need to be champ. He's funny. He's enjoyable to watch. He puts on good matches. Just like MJF, they don't necessarily need a title mm-hmm. at this particular moment in time. It's okay. They're not. They don't. They're not champs. It's okay, little buddy. <laughs> it's not burying if they don't have a title. If you're just joining us here on C2CRadioShow.com or through Spreaker.com/slash Corner to Corner, we're talking about. Uh, we stumbled. I stumbled upon a, a video on YouTube today, and this guy just gave us. And you better not say his name. Uh, no, no, I would never, never be so bold. <laughs> but he gave us some conversation-worthy topics, like saying Nick Cage is getting misused in AEW. <laughs> Sorry, that still makes me laugh. Nick Cage. I thought he was doing like uh, another Ghost Rider movie or something. I didn't know he was a wrestler. Yeah, that's great. Good for him. 
And you know what's funny about as he's talking about Brian Cage, mm-hmm. right? Is let's not forget that Brian Cage and uh, Taz's faction were featured predominantly on AEW programming. Mm-hmm. I'm not talking like Dark and Elevation. I'm talking like on Dynamite and have been since it started. Mm-hmm. I mean, I and was I, willing to meet him halfway on that and say that his current creative isn't great, but... Yeah, but again, though, you have a, a quote-unquote unrecognized title in the FTW title, right? True, yeah. It's not quite recognized, but it's it featured on my TV program. Mm-hmm. Right? That he held and defended and put on some great matches... You know, again, since the title's been introduced, mm-hmm. what part of underutilized is he? What, he's not in the main event picture? There's a lot of guys not in the main event picture right now. I mean, technically, CM Punk's not in the main event picture. No. And, I mean, are, would you, me, or Rob, anybody question the fact that he could be a main eventer? No. Yeah, I would. Yeah, I would. What? Seven years, bro. He's been gone seven years. That's it. Get off the air. You're done. Seven seven years? You'll never work in this town again. Rob, would you like to answer him truthfully? Tell me you question it also. I know you do. We talked about it. <laughs> I like how he's, he's just like, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. <laughs> I mean, do I think he needs to be in the world title picture? No. No. What could he be? I mean, he's only Not had right a few matches. I don't know. Yeah. Wow. I mean, a couple of matches, he's looked kind of old. At two, Rob A. But again, that's time. the joy of <laughs> AEW, right? right? You don't exactly. just walk in the door and get a title shot. You got to earn it. Very true. Very true. And actually, I kind of like what they're doing with, with Brian Danielson in that regard. Omega is now like, there ain't going to be no rematch, which honestly, I thought that was priceless. But then at the same time, constantly keeping his opponents at arm's length. This is what, and we don't have to say that we were fans of the guy, but this is what Hulk Hogan did well when he was a bad guy. He kept his opponents at arm's length. Now, granted, it stretched too far, but most times when it was done, it made sense because it, it made you want to see that match even more. And when you finally get to see it, AEW will do it right. Oh, yeah. I really can't wait for Danielson versus Omega for the world title. Right. Now, in that same vein, and we're, we're kind of hopping about here, but I figured we'd just freestyle it tonight. Because the draft is going on every, after all. I mean, they're shaking things up. Why not we? Why, why can't we, right? So, Tony Khan on Busted Open last week announced just before Rampage went on the air that there was going to be a ladder match where the winner of the ladder match is going to get a future world title shot. There was going to be, it's called a casino ladder match, and there's going to be seven people involved, six of which have been announced. The Joker has not. It will not be until that match happens. But here's the kick in this rule, or the uh, match. Or the rules there, the, they come out in the normal start off with two, and then five minutes goes by and another person comes to the ring. If it gets to the Joker, is what he says. So someone could feasibly be in this matchup as, say, the third or fourth guy, 
and not get a chance to get their title shot because somebody could climb the ladder and pull the contract down before it happens. That would suck. Mm. That, you know, that adds an interesting twist. Yeah, it really does. The Casino Battle Royale, which I still love that gimmick by itself, but it continues to pay dividends. It really does. Because now you're able to change up your ladder matches and you can change up anything you want, really, to just throw a little extra mystery in there. I'd run up that thing as soon as I got a chance. <laughs> <laughs> and then just sit on the room. <laughs> I mean, if you're the kind of person that's not worried about repercussions for, you know, breaking script... What's to stop you from just jolting up the ladder the very first chance you get and yanking Uh, some bitch down? McFly, if you break the script, do you think you're getting your world title shot? If you're, it it depends on who the character is. Do you think you're getting the world title shot? (laughs) If MJF did it, and he's not in the match, but if MJF did it, they would turn it into a world title match. No, they wouldn't. It's like that time where John Cena was in the ladder match. And oh, the money, the nobody could, nobody could take the belts off the hook. Remember? Yeah. Nobody could just grab the belt and unsnap it. You know, John Cena or whoever got up there and then unhooked it. The whole thing, like, oh, you had the hook. Seriously, just couldn't unsnap it, some bitch. <laughs> Even MJF have not supposed to get that thing is not getting a world title shot and would probably be suspended without pay because they like doing that. And then when he comes back would be relegated to dark matches like on dark or elevation. Wow. Tell me, think about it. So let's think about this, right? Even though MJF and Omega could probably draw money, Mm-hmm. Right, they normally don't disappoint with the Joker card. Right. Supposing it's Adam Page. Who do you, who do you think is going to draw more money, Adam Page and Omega, or Omega and MJF right now? My money's on Adam Page. Do you I have mean, any that's, number? Of, that's the money. Good. Right. You have any number of people that are supposedly unsigned those contracts are due you know the 90 day causes are up mm-hmm. you think Braun Strowman or whatever Shear or whatever his name is now you think he goes up I think that's going to be MJF's going to draw more money than that do I think Wyndham Rotunda would, I think MJF would draw more than Braun but not from Bray uh, maybe Buddy Murphy Right, or whatever, Buddy Smith, or whatever he's going by now. Maybe him. I, I think. I think even Braun would draw big money because he's new, right? He's, you know, Flash. He's mm-hmm. the shiny little trinket that they wave in front of your face. So, but yeah, I mean, you can't just run up there and snatch it down. Then everybody would be doing it. Who knows who would win the next Money in the Bank ladder match if somebody pulled it off on AEW and didn't get fined and suspended. Well, 
If you want some damn mystery, then by God, that's how you do it. <laughs> what if it's uh, Drake Maverick runs out there and gets a world title shot? How hard would we laugh if he did that? Oh, and, and, well, that yeah, that one might actually be funny. See, <laughs> he played the whole whistling music that he has now and everything. It would be hilarious. Runs down, runs right in the ring, climbs the ladder, grabs it, runs out to the ring. Exactly. But he comes, he comes in as Rockstar Spud. <laughs> do, do you think that AEW right now has reached that point where they don't need to sign anybody else? That they're just good with what they have? Yes. No. Ooh. There's still one or two left. Okay. Before I, I want you to elaborate on that, uh, elaborate on that, Brian. But let's. I want to hear both sides of this. Rob, you said yes. I want to hear Rob, and I want to hear Brian. Rob, tell me, tell me why you think they have. Well, I mean, I think they've signed so much talent in the last year mm-hmm. that they have a good, solid base. They have a good, solid base of, you know, starters, mid-carders, and and, and main eventers. Mm-hmm. And they have enough to kind of go for a while and get storylines going without the same people being in the same storyline. Okay. And it, without right now, I feel like they're at that that interesting point where they could have a lot of things going on. Even yes, they have all their different programming, but they would use who they have. Does that make sense? Yeah, you know, they would use who they have, and it's like the people there wouldn't feel like that they're always going to be buried for whoever the next new guy coming in, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, they've, they've signed and, and granted these are names that you'd be stupid to turn up like Adam Cole, CM Punk, Brian Danielson. You'd be foolish to not say, well, yeah, let's bring them in. Brian, you said, no, you said there's still a few out there. A couple of, at least one or two is what you said. Tell me, tell me why you don't think they have. So let me ask you something, right? So you're the, you're the head of the fastest rising company out there in the world of pro wrestling, right? Mm-hmm. While other companies are slowly starting to fall, you're you're still climbing, right? Mm-hmm. Now, the cool, interesting dynamic AEW is they have a lot of um, lower card wrestlers right right and they have some mid carters that kind of play up right and they have a lot of top tier talent mm-hmm. but you're tony khan right do you take a chance that somebody may see the error of their ways and say Wyndham rotundo and bring him back into the fold Mm-hmm. Or do you let Impact snatch him up? Or do you do the proper thing and sign him so nobody else can get him? You bring him into a roster, and I bet you if he's even close to what he was in the WWE, he's going to keep your numbers rising, which at the end of the day, that's the most important thing. Now, let's not, let's not forget the 200 people or whatever crazy number it is that they've let go 
the WWE in the last two years, AEW's only signed 19 of them. 18-19. Now, again, I'm not saying we they need to sign Buddy Murphy, mm-hmm. but I'd be foolish to let Wyndham Rotundo just sit around. Mm-hmm. If used properly, he takes your numbers up. He takes your merchandise numbers up. He brings you exposure, which at the end of the day, is good for business. Mm-hmm. Along with Punk, Cole, Danielson, all these guys are to take your numbers up. And that's what that's what they've done. Granted, a little, because they haven't been at it, but maybe, what, two weeks? So why not go for a guy like Wyndham Rotunda? Now, again, I'm not saying everybody, but I'd be foolish to let Wyndham Rotundo sit around collecting dust for somebody else to grab. Mm-hmm. And again, the way they alternate talent, they have, they, 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 they've mastered the way to alternate talent on shows. Mm-hmm. Why wouldn't I sign them? Hey, guess what, bro? You don't have to, I'll, I'll sign you to a three-year deal. But we're not going to use you every week. And I'm going to pay you this amount of money. Oh, that's fine with me. I'll still show up, but it's going to save wear and tear on my body. I don't care if you show if you use me every week. I don't care if you put me on dark. I don't, you're paying me. It's less travel. These guys ain't worried about the TV exposure. But again, you can't leave somebody like Wyndham Rotunda floating around in space. You have to sign. I mean, I think we can all agree that he was quite good in WWE. I, I feel like Bray Wyatt, Wyndham Rotunda, is an intelligent hire, regardless of company. You, you have to keep him off the, off the board. Otherwise, you run a risk, and somebody else picks him up, you never never know. And to your point, if WWE were to say, you know what, man, man letting him go was a mistake. We need, to, we need to fix that. Let's give him a call. The moment he shows back up on TV, at least for a few weeks, it's going to generate interest. It could potentially cause a shift. Granted, I say potentially because there's a lot of factors there. The thing that I noticed the most, though, in and this is where the question comes from because dark and elevation individually are perfect for what Khan has been doing for the better part of uh, a year and a half at least I won't say two years because elevation is still pretty new but he's been using it to really find out who his true talents are and then who the people are that that he can bring in for as MJF jokes extra work and then with the main event hires that he's done, like Christian and Danielson and Punk, at least with two out of that three, because I feel like Punk is only going to be active for maybe another year or so. And with Christian, I think, again, another year or so. One, one third of that, of that hiring is, is going to stay active long term. The other are just looking to close out their career on the right note. So, while yes, it does seem kind of top-heavy, I think it's only a matter of time before it, it gets filtered around. 
But I would say that I would not want to see them hire anybody else after Wyndham because I think that, that you're you're getting close to that point where the next the next person you bring in could start to cause that kind of issue. I agree with you, Brian. I think he builds he as in TK, our fishing buddy, uh, builds talent and builds story interest and, and shows properly. And he knows how to keep an interest in a person even if they're not on TV. Whether it's uh, you know, the the previously taped vignettes like he's done for FTR or the uh, segments like BTE, which he does for YouTube. I mean, he, he finds a way to keep you interested, even though they're not on television. Hey, Stan. Yo. I'm going to pay you $600,000 mm-hmm. to get your butt on a plane and fly to a show. Okay. One night a week. We'll put up the hotel, pay for your car. Cool. Right? 600000 a year. When do I start? Wait. There's more. And you don't necessarily have to wrestle every week. Is that going to hurt your ego? Hmm. Gosh. My ego says no. Not at all. (laughs) Right. So, again, so let's let's take the equation because we know these guys aren't that selfish, right, that they – Everything has to be about them, mm-hmm. right? So take that out, right? But again, you have Wyndham Rotundo out there. Who's up in January, December, January? Kevin, Kevin Owens? Yep. Sami Zayn is somewhere in that area? Mm-hmm. So why would you just let them two sit around? It's... It's an interesting question because the more and more people come available, depending on what AEW does next, um, it's going to be interesting to see. They're still they're still buzzing about potential brand split, but Tony Khan has said a couple of times now that he would really prefer to not do that because he feels he can continue to spread his talent around the way that the way that he has and ultimately keep all of his shows running in a proper continuity. I was trying to find a way to have that wording make sense. But have everything flowing together rather than to separate it all out. And again, he does it He does it better than anybody else. Right? Again, we're, t- we're, we're a top-heavy roster, right? I think we can agree there. Definitely. Yes. Right? Rob but again, let's... Top-heavy... Yeah, we'll say hello. hello. <laughs> <laughs> All right, yes. He, 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 might, he might just me. have a yes. or something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> anyway, look at the number of rematches that AEW has and the, <laughs> the WWE has, mm-hmm. right? And again, they're a top-heavy roster. I can admit that. WWE is, I mean, the WWE hardly ever uses enhancement talent, local talent. You you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. But AEW has that, and they use it, and they they make proper use of it. Add one or two more guys to a top-heavy roster isn't going to change that equation. Unless you put them at the top. 
Well, yeah, but they don't put them at the top. They may give them a top run, mm-hmm. but they're not just like Daniel Bryanson. Remember, oh, it's a non-title match. Mm-hmm. They put on quite possibly the best match of the year. Oh, Daniel, guess what? Uh, or um, Brian. Or Brian. Yeah, we play by different rules over here. We've made we've made a career, or you know, out of you got to earn your shot. Mm-hmm. You got to bust in the top five rankings. Right, so we're going to stick to that. You know that going in. So these guys, they're not going to just get a title shot. Ruby did because she had, and she, but she had to win the battle royal. So there's the little, neat little trick there, which I guess could play out on Wednesday, depending on who the Joker is. But they're smart about it. They they do things the right way. They do things the WWE used to do, the WCW used to do, the NWA used to do. Mm-hmm. I mean, the w, I mean, think about it. In the eighties, the WWE was as top heavy, if not better. NWA was top heavy, but we you didn't have these conversations back then. There are 113 Every, wrestlers signed to AEW as of September sixteenth. Uh, I'd be curious to know the percentage of uh, enhancement, I guess, if we put them in the category. Uh, let's take a look here. <clears throat> uh, not counting the champions, because that would be silly. Um, let's see. I'm just scrolling down through their roster page right now until I find obvious Elevation and dark talent, put it that way. Uh, Joey Janela, um, Lee Johnson. Although I think Lee's got the call up, I think he may actually be on the main roster. Um, I'm going to leave 2.0 out of that because I think they're on the main roster. Aren't, aren't they all the main roster though? That's the they're thing. Just... Like I, I'm trying to look at it, you know, uh, subjectively or objectively, and it's kind of tough to do that because they feel they feature. So many, but like Sunny Kiss is on Darker Elevation. No, so right, these, so the people that are on here are uh-huh. outside of Peter Avalon, Sunny Kiss. Oh, it's out, outside of maybe three or four. The people that are listed on their official roster page, and I don't think there's a hundred on their official roster page, are just the the main Rampage and Dynamite talent. But there again, it's difficult to say main brand or whatever because it's all the main brand. So. The people right. officially on their roster page indicates to me people that are officially under a contract of some type. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, again, let's let's look at the roster in the 80s, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Iron Mike Sharp. Where would you put him? Uh, like, kind of enhancement level? Oh, oh okay. I was like, wait. <laughs> what you see what I'm saying? WWE World Champion, baby. <laughs> no, yeah, but you see what gotcha. I'm saying? No, I got I mean, you. Any, I got you. any number, right? I mean, you would always see, like, Hulk Hogan wrestle enhancement talents. Flair wrestled enhancement talents. I mean, everybody wrestled enhancement talents. Mm-hmm. And their, their big stars were kind of, you know, used to sell pay-per-views. 
you see what I'm saying? That's where they would all come together. You get nothing but big stars except for maybe that one first match. Quick That's sidebar, the, the, the Street Profits drafted the Raw, the Viking Raiders drafted the SmackDown. Interesting. And Finn Balor coming back to Raw. Hopefully the top rope holds on Raw. <laughs> Ain't gonna be no rematch. <laughs> Such garbage. But again, though, it, it, I mean, that's that's the formula. You know, it works for him. We you have to let it see if it works. The WWE made the mistake because it was nothing but top-tier talent, wrestling top-tier talent. Mm-hmm. That's where you screwed up. Well, and plus, when you officially run your competition out of business, <laughs> all of your competition out of business, not just one or two, like all of them, and you don't leave anything on the table for them at all, you have nothing to draw from. You have nothing to pull from. Like, the whole thing for WWE was, you know, like, when they got Hacksaw Jim Duggan, Ted DiBiase, and JYD, you had a place to to recruit these people from. And, in return, that place kept operating and creating new talent until you, for some reason, bought them out. Like, why would you want to do that? I'm a big fan of how WWE grew in the early days, but at the same time, I completely understand why people get upset about it because it wasn't until I really learned about, you know, what happens and and where some of this recruiting happens and and all of that. And even that, it's still such an early part of the education that I really started to understand, man, he really did take a lot of jobs from a lot of people just to make his pockets fatter. Well, I also think it's one of the issues we have with WWE today is because they they, they forgot how to compete, mm-hmm. you know, for a good, what, almost 20 years, they didn't have com- competition. Right. You know, they had people that, oh, we're going to compete against you. But then all WWE had to do was kind of buy up the, they, they did what they did. They buy up the talent because at the time. If you're a wrestling, if you're a wrestler, where are you going to go? You know, if you want a good contract, somebody that you know can pay you, you're going to go and be in the machine. Well, now, like I've said, there's, I think the fact that, you know, AEW is out there, there's, there's other, you know, wrestling now. So people don't have to. Wrestlers don't have to just sit there in the in the machine and just sit there and sit there. Mm-hmm. And WWE doesn't know what to do. Wait a minute, you don't want to be here? What? But everybody wants to be here, right? Right. And this is the place where you have to be. We're the best, you know. And it's they can't get out of their own way. They don't need AEW. It's WWE beating, they're killing themselves. Like, mm-hmm. they're not. I mean, AEW could sit there and put on, you know, static every week, and they would still have better programming right now. There's a lot of, of 
questions that come from some of the decision-making process. I mean, bringing Brock Lesnar back in the short term, yeah, it's great. You get your crowd pop, whatever. But this is the same guy that, you know, you used him once every six months, and then at Mania, you built him up like he was unstoppable at the at the cost of all of the young talents that you had just thrust through NXT and all of the talent that you had finally built up and created you know, you, you destroyed them to keep him afloat. You finally give a world title victory to Kofi, and then you have Kofi lose in – somebody put it on Twitter today. It was like 10 seconds. I, I guess I never realized it was only 10 seconds. But it's just another reminder of, damn, here's something that you just continue to kick people while they're down. And then, to, to your point, Rob, when talent contract comes up and they say, you know what, I'm actually not going to resign. I'm going to go and – I'm going to go work with uh, this company, and it doesn't have to be AEW. It could be anybody because now there's companies out there, and I would, I, would, I would go on record and say that AEW is the reason that these people are able to do it, even if they don't go to AEW. Right. Because it shows, uh, no, I, I don't have to stay in your machine. I don't have to sit here and wait in catering. Well, and I also think the fact that, you know, they were a victim of their own thing because – they paid these people so they could keep them. Mm-hmm. You know, well, what do, what do talent? What does what does talent do if they're, you know, if you're a talent and you're getting paid a nice little check every week, right? Mm-hmm. Or every year, but you're not having to pay for travel and hotel and all this stuff because you're not being used very often. What are you doing with your money? You're saving it. You're putting it away. I mean, look at Matt Cardona, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, Matt Cardona has a pretty good thing going on, you know, it afford now he afford, like, is he going to get signed full time to AEW? I doubt it, you know, but can he go make a, can he go make a name for himself doing the expedition of gold <laughs> kind of parody thing, you know, of yeah. king of the death match or whatever, like. He's doing his own thing, but it's because he stayed in the machine for as long as he did and just cashed the checks. You know, now he can go do whatever, like whatever. I don't need you. Mm-hmm. You know, so I think that's another big, big the, the thing is they were paying their people to keep them, even if they're on the shelf. So the people are like, yeah, I'll put your money in the bank and let it work for myself. And then you guess what? Now I can afford to go somewhere else and not make as much. Not that AEW is not paying people. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that wrestlers nowadays don't have to sit there for the check because now they're like, oh, wait a minute. I can go do this. Am I making sense or am I not speaking? No, you're making sense. You're making sense. I'm I'm, I'm not going to – I wasn't trying to interrupt you. There's an interesting article um, from March of this year about how Cody Rhodes leaving WWE created, like, this butterfly effect in wrestling. And it led me to ask the question of, 2016, May of 2016, Cody leaves WWE. Of course, he starts, and he goes to Ring of Honor, and he goes to New Japan, and suddenly we start seeing all of these people interact with him, and he draws up, you remember that checklist he had of people he wanted to face? So I, I, I... it's it's the end thing to do. At least Marvel has taught us so. I pondered the question of what if. 
What if Tony Khan had started AEW in 2016 with Cody as his main event guy? Brian, what if Tony Khan comes out with AEW in 2016 with Cody as his leadoff player? Um, AEW doesn't happen in 2016. Okay. I, I mean, there's there's no real, to me, what F here, right? <clears throat> so, basically, you can't even get to AEW in 2016. Right? There's so much momentum still being built with the Bullet Club and the WWE and, you know, the Young Bucks and the Matt Hardys torn the Indies and, you know, ROH. And, I mean, there's still so much being built, right? The foundation for this is still being built that you just can't come out and say, well, what happens if they just formed a company then? Because I don't think you have the Young Bucks on board. You don't have Kenny Omega on board. You don't have a lot of other stuff on board. Mm -hmm. I I definitely Yeah, I don't even think it's an idea in 2016. Maybe maybe it's, oh, it'd be nice if we had a second one. But I don't think anybody in 2016 is like, hey, we we can form this company. Because, again, even Cody and the Elite are just starting down – their path mm-hmm. and that's ultimately what this whole thing hinges on is the elite getting to where they needed to be in 2019 right yeah you see what i'm saying mm-hmm. so if cody doesn't go to new japan and hook up with the bucks and omega you have no AEW. right one of the if you remember one of the hardest things about signing to AEW when it first started was the uncertainty of it. Mm-hmm. Cody and Khan all by themselves, nobody's even batting an eye at that. It's a good point. So, I mean, when you look at it, the Bullet Club in 2016 was just hitting their stride. Like, just coming into their own. 15, they were, they were there. I'm not saying that they didn't exist. But the popularity alone in 2016 when Cody leaves WWE was growing still. So they hadn't hit their peak. Yeah, I, I mean, this is, it, 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 it's been a... If you want to start with Cody Rhodes, mm-hmm. okay, right? I understand he's probably an <laughs> integral part in this. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we can start with Cody Rhodes, right? So 2016, you say he's released. I'll take that word. I didn't think it was quite that long, but we're going to rock out to your numbers. WrestlePD or whatever you look at is seldom hardly ever wrong. Right. Cage match Yeah, there it is. There, <laughs> it's hardly ever wrong, right? Um, anyway, but again, look, it's just a it's a quiet storm that was building on the wrestling scene. That if everything doesn't fall into place, you don't get where you are now. You probably don't even get out the gate. I mean, I agree with Brian. I think that it takes it takes Cody doing what he did, going where he goes. Because I think if he left WWE and said, all right, I'm starting another company, 
you got another global force. You know? And it's not until he comes in and they're like, he has to, he proves himself in Ring of Honor. He gets that following behind him. Then he goes to, you know, New Japan. Then that's where he starts building it. Mm-hmm. And remember, Cody doesn't go to the cons. The cons come to him. Right. In 2016, Cody probably doesn't have the worldwide clout that you would need to even attempt that conversation. Con, con ain't calling him in 2016. Yeah. May 21st, 2016, Cody reveals on Twitter that he had asked, requested his release from WWE. That, that's where I got his release. Um, in looking at it, Cody stands as kind of a linchpin of people that start to leave and start to bet on themselves. If you remember the checklist that I mentioned earlier, Cody puts that out there and then suddenly, not that people didn't do it before, but as far as gaining notoriety and having it gaining any kind of traction in social media, guys don't start really doing that until Cody does it in 16. Now, Coach Cody Burr. goes to Ring of Honor. Burr. and What's that? I'm going to have to hit the butt buzzer on you. Okay. Um... So the whole joy of that argument is that guys like the Hardys, the Young Bucks, Omega, Page, the Bullet Club, and any number of other people had already figured out the formula that, yes, we can make a living as well as what we could get in the WWE on Mm -hmm. the indies. And part of the reason why is because they were social darlings. Right? Cody may just have been the biggest name to the American audience at that time that did it. But the rest of the world pro wrestling scene was already inundated with stuff like that, right? When when did the Hardys go on the expedition of gold? Remember? Two thousand fifteen? 15 or 16, yeah. Okay, so let's just take the Hardys, right? Mm-hmm. They were all over the place, right? Uh, where did it start? Did it start in ROH? started in Impact. No, where'd... Impact, okay. So, Impact, and the whole world knows the Hardys are back and they're going to start this, right? It happens in Events. 17 is when it starts. What, the Expedition? No, the um, expedition. <laughs> yeah. Actually, actually, I'm I'm incorrect. It started officially April of 2014. Wow. Okay. So let's, let's, let's back it up because right. Brian just made a made a hit there. Okay. All right, but again, you you know, so as this Brian expedition starts to build steam, mm-hmm. right? Where do the three of us end up together? Oh, Maryland Championship Wrestling. Where do we go? Yeah. Right. Okay. So, how do we know that the Expedition of Gold is going to Maryland Championship Wrestling? Social media puts it out there. Mm -hmm. We keep track of, oh, they're they're an ROH. Mm -hmm. They're an impact. What a crazy world we live in right now, right? Oh, they're going to be in Maryland Championship Wrestling 
We have to go see them. The Impact Champs are coming to Maryland Championship Wrestling. We got to go see this. The Young Bucks, the same thing. They were all over the place, and especially on social media. Uh, who 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 was the one that created that internet belt? Um, Cardona. Was it Matt Cardona? Zach yeah. Ryder. Yeah. Yeah. So so when was when was that? Uh, I can't even remember the name of that belt. But you know which one I'm talking about, right? The Internet Championship was uh, 2010, I think. Was it that? No, no, no. There was, I thought there was one that was going on while this other stuff was going on. Or maybe that's when he started when Oh, you're talking about the GT Pro title. The one where yeah, Joey yeah. Ryan actually <laughs> lost it in his sleep. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that one, right? <laughs> that was a great title. Yeah, but that's another one due to mm-hmm. social media. They were pushing this, right? The Bullet Club becomes famous off of social media. The, you know, again, the Young Bucks do exactly what um, the Hardys are doing. Maybe they started a little bit sooner. You know, who knows? But anyway, they're, they're winning titles all over the place. Mm-hmm. And it's social media. You know, let's not fool ourselves and say Cody is the forefront here, right? Cody is just kind of comes along in the middle and is smart enough to capitalize on what some of the others are doing. Sorry for all you Cody fans. Not the Cody fans. The Cody but, yeah, but I had to throw the button there. I had to burn. Cody's a tag along. Ooh. Oh. Wow. wow. Cody's a tag-along. Damn. Hey, Demolition Cross stays on Raw. What do you know? Nobody cares. Horrible. But again, it's a perfect storm during this period to get us where we are today. Mm -hmm. It's, It's a really good point you make there because in that time frame, the Bucks have recreated a bigger buzz on themselves because remember they 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 were huge hits out of california in pwg they go to impact or tna at the time they have a crummy run because creative can't figure out their heads from the whole crown then they go back to ring of honor pwg they go back to new japan they get involved with the bullet club it seems like the linchpin is more along the lines of the bullet club than anything else I would I would say the linchpin is social media. Oh, okay. It's not it's not any one particular person, mm-hmm. right? I mean, there are some that did it better than others, yeah. right? And the young bucks I would put up there probably, you know, came out the best out of all this, right? Or did it the best, I guess, because I mean they even had their uh, little. Uh, t-shirt shop in their house you know the merch the young bucks merch right that they were apparently just unloading stuff like mad through this period of time but again without somebody capitalizing on what social media can be used for you don't know about the young bucks you don't know about the bullet club you don't know about 
Cardona, you don't know about, again, guys like Joey Ryan who, you know, help push certain things. You don't hear about Candice LeRae getting in blood fights or blood matches with men. <coughs> you know, you don't hear about the expedition of gold. And the thing about social media is you can watch it as it unfolds. You know, it's not like the old wrestling magazines. Where, oh man, I missed I missed the Hardys in Maryland? Why didn't I know about that? We're going to be in Maryland Championship Wrestling. Sorry, I was going to tell you, but I forgot. Yeah, I, I mean, to me, social media, without social media, you, you, again, you don't have this perfect score. Do what? I can't hear you. you low or something. How about wow. You? That's better. That's there better. we go. I think my switch was messed up here. But the social media has been a catalyst for a lot of people's careers. And when you really look at it, when you really look at it, there's a lot of different pieces that have to fall into place to, to make something go the way it has, especially for AEW. Um, it's interesting. I... I I would not have pegged you to say that social media was the linchpin, but I can agree with you on it. Rob, would you agree that social media is the linchpin? I mean, I would say it was, it, it's the cog in the wheel. It was, you know, mm-hmm. I think just it, since this thing has started, they've used the different things for their advantage with the relationship with hot topic and mm-hmm. you know capitalizing on that because because i mean even uh, those, those of us like you and i and brian like we had to have those bullet club shirts from hot topic right now could we have ordered them from hot topic sure we could have ordered them but i know each of us went to different hot topics different malls different times just so we could walk in and get them you know you don't get that same reaction when you go to WWE.com and click buy, mm-hmm. you know, and, um, but I will say Brian's right with the social media. It's like they, they found an avenue. They found their little niche that was not being exploited, exploited by WWE. WWE was worried about programming and pay-per-views and documentaries and network. Meanwhile, the Bullet Club, the Elite, you know, because they were doing being the Elite before they were even AEW. Mm-hmm. You know, so they were starting all this. They were doing all this. And then all of a sudden it's like, you know, they found that they had a little hole there. And, I mean, WWE's tried to fill that hole with their little shows like Ride Along and, you know, Total Divas and that kind of thing. But... It just didn't work. So I would say Brian's right. Here, just to close this a little bit out, let's go back to 2018 and the famous tweet. Mm -hmm. You can't fill a 10,000-seat stadium. Done on social media. 
And again, if it's not social media, Dave Melcher's little comment shows up a month later mm-hmm. <laughs> in a in a in a, a, a magazine. You know what I'm saying? We'd almost gone two and a half, we'd almost gone an hour and a half without that name. <clears throat> I thought we were doing good. <laughs> but but you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Without the, without the social media aspect of this, them boys don't get riled enough to fill a ten thousand seat stadium, which then doesn't lead to where we are now. Social media is king right now. Well, and it's it's king in good and bad ways. I mean, we've seen people get quote unquote canceled. We've seen people rise to new heights of popularity and fame that never would have been thought of 15 years ago. I mean, in 2001, if there had been a Twitter, it would have been a much different marketplace, I think. (laughs) But if there had been, um, maybe WCW finds a way. No. uh -uh. Because you still, there's no way you can compete against Rock and Austin. Mm-hmm. With like basically an open mic, <laughs> you know that is social media. That's fair. Back then in two thousand and two thousand and one, if you have a uncensored, un unfiltered <laughs> The Rock and Steve Austin, your company might not ever be another person. <laughs> hey Eric, remember that time you fired me? Yeah, I can see that going well. <laughs> Yeah, that's a valid point, Brian. Look at you. You just bring it. You're bringing the money tonight. Brian's got the money tonight. I try. Congratulations, sir. Well done. Well done. Meanwhile, Monday night rematch, it's Goldberg facing off with Lashley. Oh, really? Yep, yep. yep. It's, it's happening again. It's, it's We're living at a cuckoo clock. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's funny. <laughs> Oh, wait a minute. The Hurt Business just jumps on Goldberg. Wow. Oh, hey, how about that? Randomly, last Monday, we got the Hurt Business. Oh, they they knew he had to face Goldberg this week. Surprise. Surprise. (laughs) Here's your lackeys. (laughs) (laughs) You can't beat him without him, kid. Right, exactly. It's going to take an army to beat Goldberg. Is that the story? Is that the story we're getting here? (laughs) Maybe no. The story is Goldberg's son comes out and spears them. Mm, you know, I, I think you just wished it into existence. It's gonna happen. I mean, don't be stupid. <laughs> You're gonna do it at Crown Jewel. He's gonna go to Saudi Arabia. <laughs> the Crown Prince of Jeddah is gonna have Gage come out and save the day. <laughs> I mean, those are bought shows, right? So he he could technically do that if he wanted. <laughs> Hey, Vince, no, no, happen. they're bought. Uh, you know, the, the prince would be like, uh, no, 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 no. You're not going to have that bullshit in my country. <laughs> you thought <laughs> right I didn't let your plane fly last night. <laughs> <laughs> right now, thousands of uh, fans in the Middle East are like, you're damn right. <laughs> I'm, I'm this prince of Saudi Arabia. We run nothing but respectable shows. Get that shit out of here. <laughs> We don't do that bullshit here. <laughs> hey, mm-mm. really? What? Hey, charges called? <laughs> oh wait, what I do? 
What did I do? It was that little twinge of a Middle Eastern accent that you had. Oh, no. I was going for trying to sound proper. I'm yeah. Sorry. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Oh, crap. Do I have that. to do one of those apology videos? You are... Yes. Can I, you can I do it like the Ultimate Warrior? To the fans. Can I do it like the <laughs> Ultimate Warrior did his? God damn, I don't even understand what the heck I did. I don't even know the kid. <laughs> Good job, Warrior. Rest in peace, sir. Dumb. I'm effing sorry, okay? Yeah, right? He was so mad. He's like, I don't, what did I even do? But it's like, it's a work, Jim. Just, it's a work. <laughs> That's now, imagine him, being that kid. What's that? Imagine being that kid. All these years, you had that video. You know, your most prized possession is a right, personal right. personal apology from the warrior. And then you're like, watching this thing going, look, there, there's my video. Wait a minute. <laughs> It's me. You crushed some of the other fans' dreams. Way to go, WWE. He's burning his warrior t-shirts in the backyard. <laughs> Melting down his sculpture that he made. Sitting in the corner crying. Warrior hurt me. Warrior hurt me. <laughs> All those years later, even after he's died, he's still hurting fans. Oh, Takes man. his face pain. He's just... He does the whole crow thing, but he's like, <laughs> burns his tassels. <laughs> his parents are like, come out of the attic. <laughs> come up from the basement. We've got hot pockets. Oh, no. I want to fall for your tomfoolery. So, guys, did you watch uh, the FMW Anita um, Dark Side of the Ring this past week. Cheers. Rob, did you say no? No. Okay. Uh, Not only did he say no, he said suck his nuts, Dan. Wow. I don't know if you he heard that. He said redeem these nuts? <laughs> no, no, that's that's uh, Miro with an I. Or you. Now I'm confused. It's not Miro? Oh, damn it. <laughs> no, that's, uh, what's his name? Johnny Chestnut. No. <laughs> Jesus. Um, okay, Johnny so we'll, we'll, we'll try to be fair with this segment. <laughs> Brian, if you're in a dynamite match where the ring explodes and the guy that's responsible for paying you says deuces as soon as the match is over, how would you feel? Yeah, but again, over there, it's a different culture. You may get away with it more over there than over here. Well, with his ties, I guess, I'm going to guess he has ties to the Yakuza. And it's just a guess before people put words in my mouth. Just a guess. But the, so cold, way he, okay. the, the cold way he lights his cigarette and just says, yeah, I guess he uh, just couldn't handle it. Puff. Like, jeez. <laughs> I'm like, that's cold, man. Here you got yeah, but again, though, it's... To make a name for himself, and you just burn him out there like that and just light a smoke like it's nothing. Yeah, but as far as the pay, though, I mean, it's a different culture. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, it, it could have been like uh, Young Boys or whatever they called over there. You know, the guys trying to break in. Mm-hmm. I mean, he could have stiffed a bunch of them and... Nobody would have batted an eye. Yeah, but he's stiff Terry Funk. A lot. Uh, okay. Yeah, so Terry's had, I don't know how many <laughs> knocks through the noggin 
That's yeah. fair. That's a fair statement. I'm not going to question Terry you there, remembers. sir. Yeah, so. Ah, you know, I guess you got to have a set of balls if you're going to stiff Terry Funk. Big but, brass ones. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm not saying he doesn't have them because, I mean, again, the cold way in which he lights a cigarette while talking about somebody's death, which is like, Jesus. But, I, I mean, I didn't feel no animosity from Terry Funk towards uh, this guy. You know, alarmingly, that there was none, at least not from what I yeah. can sense. When he's talking about him, he's laughing. You know, when they say, well, what would you say to him now? He gives him the finger and laughs, you know, because he would get it. Yeah. Quote. I mean, maybe you're right. Maybe he just looked at it as just another thing. We also yeah. got to think back, you know, how many times in that day did, did wrestlers get stiff, you know? That's it was awesome. a common occurrence in different places, you know. Mm-hmm. Or they come into the, the night and it's like, all right, I got a hundred bucks. You all figure out who gets it. Where do you suppose that, that Funk was at that time? Would he? I guess at that point, maybe he just didn't care. Has he ever? Also a fair question. <laughs> I mean, he goes from FMW to ECW, where he really cements his legacy again as, you know, one of the best of all time. The other emotional part of, of this past week's Dark Side of the Ring, and this one, um, I, I was always a huge fan of the guy, but they talk about uh, Hayabusa's injury and how, you know, they had basically positioned him to be the guy to take over which i never knew and i guess we would have never known otherwise um but that was kind of like a a power struggle between anita and the new owner whose name escapes me but hayabusa was supposed to be that that new guy and then they replay the footage of his injury where he lands from that uh, acai moonsault man um i i hadn't seen that footage in a in a good while it's still one of those wrestling injuries, kind of like uh, the Sid leg break, that always kind of makes me pause, because you you remember <clears throat> when it happened with Hayabusa. We didn't see it for a year or two, because it's just how the how tape trading worked back then. But when we finally see it, we're like, shit, that that guy's he's done. He's never never walking again. And then in fourteen, I want to say, was when they showed footage of him walking to the ring. You know, with the assistance of, of walkers or uh, crutches, sorry. Um, it was... I said it I said it during the episode. They could have made a documentary of him all by itself, and I would have watched it. Because just the footage there and the commentary from his, his daughter was intriguing. Yeah, so, I, I, I mean, I'm sure I've seen it before, mm-hmm. that footage. But when I saw it this time... I actually thought they were going to say that he wasn't paralyzed, that he had died. Right, right. Um, because it's just that n- nasty, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so, yeah, but he, even to show that, right, that's just, even to talk about that just goes to, you know, show you, like what uh, the producers or writers or whatever you want to call them, um, you know, that they'll give you quite a bit in these episodes. 
Yeah. I, I can't imagine the amount of planning and research they had to do to get in touch with certain people. Like, the interviews alone... The interviews with this past week's really made the episode. You ever notice how, like, usually it's just the story itself that kind of carries it, but in some cases the interviews make it even more powerful, like the Warrior episode. Um, this one really carried that for me. Especially when they talked to uh, Hayabusa's daughter and the daughter of the promoter that, that ultimately killed himself. Um, it's just, it was interesting to me, and, and it's funny because... I'm, I'm looking at the, the viewership for it, and it looks like it was 153,000 was the final tally <clears throat> for the night of. And it's interesting because it's still one of those parts of wrestling that, I mean, if we had had access to that kind of information back then, if there had been those kinds of stories, that would have been amazing. Could you imagine, like, <laughs> Dark Side of the Ring, Mid-South? Rain, Mid-South Wrestling, you know, maybe a background on that. I'd love to see that. World mm. class. Well, they did it with the Von Erics, but you know what I mean. Yeah, but see, I don't, I don't, I don't know, like, what type of shenanigans there would have been in Mid-South that would warrant something like this. To me, this is exactly what it is, right? right? So, Dino Bravo. You yeah, know, we all yeah. hear the stories, right? <laughs> right, right. But I don't recall any. I mean, I'm sure there were. I'm, I'm old. I may just forgot them. Mm-hmm. Any real, like crazy, scandalous stuff that you heard of out of Mid South? You know what I'm saying? Well, there's a lot but, of different. Like I don't, I don't want to do just a promotion. I want, the, I want these, the flight from hell. I want. You know, the Dino Bravos, that's that's the type of stuff I want from it. Is there a is there a topic or a story you want to see them do next season? Oh, I want them to finally goddamn admit the truth on that Montreal screw job. Oh, you want them to revisit it and tell them No, I want the truth. I want the <laughs> truth. Wow. That's so my you want them to admit theory. it was a work. I want them to admit it's a work. How how bad do you think that would break the internet? All those well, has, fans has that it, like one of them fans. come out? I thought one of them come out was like, yeah, yeah. Oh, it Scott Hall talks about it all the time, saying, you know, that was a work. It had to be. Well, I thought Michaels had even come out and alluded to it being a work. Uh, you know, I don't know. I'd have to look it up. I'd have to look it up. That would be. It. I, I, I would love to see the reactions because there's a lot of diehard Brett fans out there that would be distraught to feel that Brett would work them. <laughs> I know of one who writes for us every week that would be distraught to feel that Brett had given in to the evil McMahon. <laughs> but again, though, you, you know, if sometimes everybody gets worked. Yeah. Right? From the yeah. fans to, to the workers to you know the boys the girls you know yeah. one big one is when um mick foley is wrestling Shawn michaels and he screws up a spot mm-hmm. and michaels turns around and like smacks him right yep. in the face and berates him right and there are people if if they watched it today could never tell it was a work it was a planned yep. work by mick foley yep 
Absolutely. I would have. I remember them talking about that going, go, oh, wait, what? No way. You would beat the hell out of them. No. Yeah. And because it, it was just done so well. Right. Rob, is there a topic that you'd like to see Dark Side of the Ring do? Uh, I mean, I would really like to see Dark Side of the Ring do a Von Erich's one. Like, delve into the Von Erich family or the Ganya family, you know, some of those, um, you know. I think the, I think the Ganya family could be interesting especially for the ones that really want to see more of like the AWA kind of stuff. I would like to see, I would like to see them kind of touch on um, Nick Bockwinkle's career. I don't know if there's really any controversial stuff, but I wouldn't mind seeing like a bio of him. I mean, have, have they done a road warriors one? Yeah, they did. They did the road warriors uh, late last season. That one was I've seen good. some. Brian got me into Dark Side of the Ring when we were working together, and I just haven't been staying on top of it. Sorry. Well, I mean, it's it, the challenges of Dark Side of the Ring is until the the season is over, you only have access to it if you've got Vice. So if your cable network doesn't have Vice, you've got to try to find it on like YouTube or you know, it's it's kind of tough to find some of it. But the the episodes that they have done with with just their bios by themselves like the the onita and fmw was great the canyon episode all right so i talked about it last week the canyon episode was was great but the problem i have with it is the damn music in the background like i watched it on youtube and and obviously for copyright reasons somebody puts different music back there and plays it too loud but literally during that episode from vice it's music the whole time. Like, I could do without that. I don't need, you know, whatever this emotional music is. The story itself is fine. You know, the story of him beating the hell out of Jim, Jim Mitchell, trying to get him to protect his secret is is enough. Like, there's episodes in there, like the episode of Grizzly Smith. Brian, we talked about it, uh, you know, a couple months back. That's a great one because it really sheds light on Rock and Robin. Sam Houston, Jake Roberts, but in a different way. Like, the Jake Roberts bio has been done to death. But this was a completely different look because it comes at it from, well, let's look at the beginning. This is what happened when he was a kid. Um, Nick Gage, another great episode. The Pillman episodes are... There was a lot to the Pillman episodes that I think are always worthwhile. But, you know, I think that the... I almost wish they hadn't done the flight from hell. Or the plane ride from hell. Why? Because with when that episode came out, you had so many people clamoring for different people to get, you know, canceled, but then at the same time you had people saying it was bullshit. Sure, but that that's what today's <laughs> society is all about. Sure. The cancel culture, right? Mm-hmm. Right. If I don't agree with you, or I don't like what you say, um, right. I just have to scream louder, than, scream out louder than you, and then aha, right. you have to apologize. Right, and, and I'm sure Impact probably or whoever owns them pulled the trigger prematurely 
because as far as backlashes go, um, Flair hasn't been canceled. After, you know, the first day, there wasn't really anything major said about Flair. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So Flair doesn't get canceled. Tommy gets canceled. And I bet you it's one of those situations that if you go watch the entire 15 minutes of that segment that's filmed mm-hmm. and not the, the two minutes that appear on TV, he probably said quite a bit that maybe it's contradicting what is on TV. Mm-hmm. What they chose to air. You see it all the time. Right. Yeah. You know, you see it all the time when you watch interviews on the news where the person's talking and then all of a sudden they mute them and you see they're still talking. <laughs> but it's just they want to play what is the trigger, like what's going to catch people. Right. This you know, right. right. What's the what's the thing? And like we talk about which ones, which dark side of the ring you want them to do. And then, you know, the thing that. The thing that Dark Side of the Ring has to be careful with is to stay neutral. Right. You know, just to tell the story or talk about the topic you're talking about, not, all right, let's tell you this story, but let's tell you our version of this story. Mm -hmm. Which I think the episode of The Plane Ride from Hell or whatever, like, that's what you're getting at this point. You're getting everybody's version, their version of what happened. Mm-hmm. You know, and not to delve into it because I don't want to talk about it, but, um, you know, like, it's just with any episode, you got to worry. Like, you know, when we watch the Owen one, you got their side of it. You know, the Warrior one, you got that side. You know, um, if they did one on Hulk Hogan, you know, obviously it wouldn't be very flattering of the man. Right. You know, because he is part of, you know, he is Hulk Hogan. And this would be people's five minutes of fame to be able to say gabs at the man and get their soundbite, you know. Which there's plenty of dirt in that man's closet. <laughs> right, right. I feel like There's that would just be like careers. digging up the skeleton and then throwing more on it. <laughs> you know? I mean, all they have to do is call his ex-wife be like, hey, you want to talk? Sure. Oh, Lord. I'm not sure I, you know, for that. <laughs> I think we'll probably get a episode on that, um, the tape one. On Hogan's Where he tape? sues. Yeah, yeah. I bet you we'll get one of those eventually. Oh, my gosh. Uh, Bubba Love Sponge. Yeah, yeah. Wow. You can't tell me that wasn't set up from the floor up. Well, no, because, I mean, he literally shut down. Oh, yeah, yeah, that was set up, but then I don't think they expected him to shut down an entire company. Yeah, he shuts down Gawker. I mean, yeah. now, granted, Gawker wasn't necessarily the uh, paragon of virtue, but, I mean, that's a, that's a, a landmark-type lawsuit. That's a... When's the last time something like that happened from one guy? Oh, didn't that uh, do that little kid on the Capitol steps wind up making like a hundred million dollars? Because well, again, they take yeah, yeah the the little boy, the 
teenager in front of the um, the older guy. What he's in front of Native the, American? Yeah, yeah. Oh, Americans yeah, yeah, and yeah. They yeah they're, he, they're going back and forth. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He had but the they Donald weren't. Trump hat on. Yeah, they weren't. And that's why he won like $100 million from like three different publications or something like that. Yeah. Right, because he and the guy were, they were having a conversation. Right. And everybody was trying to blame because he was wearing a Make America Great hat or whatever that he was being racist towards this Native American old guy. Mm-hmm. And the truth, like, both parties came out saying no. Whoops. Yeah. But you're right. The press, but yeah. I think there's a freedom of that you should be right. Yeah. Yeah. But those type of lawsuits don't happen. The woman suing McDonald's. Yeah. With the coffee. Yeah. I'm Hogan sorry, was I'm... once in a lifetime. Yeah. Yeah. And he didn't but get. Then, then he didn't get a dime. Yeah. Because they just closed up shop and filed for bankruptcy. And I, heard, I read that they had a party. Mm-hmm. Like, the company was like, oh, we're going bankrupt. We're going out of business. But had a huge party at their headquarters, basically saying, oh, yeah, we're going, air quote, out of business. Right, right. And, and just show up again with a new, a new website and a new name. Uh, yeah, we yeah I mean, that's all they did. <laughs> you know, they come up with a new name, a new website, a new board of directors. And one of the helping people just happened to be the old board, you know? Mm-hmm. Or an advisor. Who's your CEO? Well, he actually is the janitor, but... <laughs> right, right, yeah. That's on just paper, he's the man. So, next week, next week, as we uh, come to a close... <laughs> Next week, we will be working to come back to our topics. I'll be putting one together and providing it to our guys, or vice versa. They'll provide it to me, whatever the case may be. And we will come back to our our topics and and story time, so to speak. I appreciate all of our listeners giving us an opportunity to rant and rave. Like We we need to do that sometimes. It needs to happen. Well, you ranted. Well, you me raved. And Rob, we just yeah, me, we just raved. Yeah, we ran it. Well, somebody's got to do it. Can't always be you guys. Okay, I guess it can't always be you guys. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, guys. It was insensitive of me. <laughs> yes. Like, I guess I'm canceled now. Damn. Oh, oh wait, HR <clears throat> just called again. Oh yeah. Yeah. What'd they say? Uh, it's gonna be Rob, me, and the other guy the title of the show from now on. Other You're going to be the other guy. Hello, everybody. I'll change it to other guys. <laughs> on Twitter. Oh, and HR, HR online too. It said in order to be canceled, you have to have had it been at one point relevant. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> son of a, damn. <laughs> well, in that case, you can't find Rob on Twitter and Brian's not on Twitter. And, uh, yeah, kiss my butt. Good night. <laughs> you can find me at www.gotohell.com <laughs> uh, Catch up with Rob at R-D-H-U-W-P on the Instagram and Rob Hefner C2C on Twitter Brian is at Vlad Dragul on the Twitter bot and I love how sinister that sounds it's such a, I wish I could be as cool as Brian sometimes 
Well, that's because you've never been cool. You don't know what cool is. You're just jealous. The only cool jealous. you've ever sniffed is some dude's jock. Ew. That's disgusting. <laughs> well, there wasn't. I, I did get kind of lonely down there in <laughs> Charlotte. <laughs> no. <laughs> that's nasty. It's nasty. Might, you might, show. You're sleeping on the <laughs> cot. You're might have drunk a ball cot. across the forehead. Ugh. Does it count if I didn't see it? Ugh. Hey, listen, Rob was singing the dip song. Ew. And now it's awkward. Rob was you watching, dip, we and dip. now it's weird. <laughs> he just hey, made he it was, weird. He was, he was part of it. <laughs> Catch up with the show. We have Dan, pictures. you're sleeping on the cot. <laughs> At C2C Radio Show. We have pictures. And C2CRadioShow.com. I'm trying to get out of here. Have a great week, everybody. We'll see you next time right here. At C2C How show. far does the rabbit hole go? <laughs> Have a good night, everybody. <laughs>Deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rose, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.